Bro, that video was hilarious. Man, how, how spicy was that? Not really spicy. Oh, really? Yeah, it wasn't really spicy. Right. Yeah, man. We already started. You see this? Making too much sound. Okay, sorry. So, Mike, man, uh, I don't want to take too much time away from you, so I'm just going to let you introduce yourself, man. So, I'm Mike Murad, and I'm the CEO of Pursue Sports. And t tell us a little bit more about Pursue Sports and how you got that start. So we're a sports recruitment company uh, that's based off analytics. Okay. So what we do is we assess players and we're able to turn around and give data to teams and to individuals uh, based off of how good they are and how they rank and the positions that they play and where they're at at their careers. And we do a lot more than just that. Um, we also turn around and work with professional players um, that are looking to go pro. And we also work with players that are amateurs that are looking to get scholarships uh, at universities, uh, possibly in Canada and in the U.S. and in Europe. So uh, sometimes I see like your Snapchats here in London and all that jazz. So uh, do you have an office in Canada and you also have an office in London or is that for a different? So we have about four offices right now okay. around the world. Uh, we have one in Canada and we have one in Brazil. And we have two in Europe, and one of them is actually in England, and the other one's in Manchester. And oh. we're currently on the works of opening our fifth office, and that's going to be in Dubai, hopefully. Dubai? Oh, wow. Yeah. You think you'll find any talent there? Yep. So a lot of so we've done a lot of market research, and what we've really noticed is uh, more than 85% of their actual students come to Western countries to study. Okay. Um, so that being said, um, we're, we're excited to turn around and help their students uh, possibly achieve some sort of scholarships uh, to come over here either to play, study, and possibly start a career in the U.S., in Canada, or even in Europe. So how does like, like the sign-up process, is it, like, is it the player that they just post videos on your uh, uh, website, or is it like coaches so, or like... Uh, teams that contact you and they want to see like data on players so it works in two ways so essentially as uh, a player uh, you're able to contact us and from there we're, we're able to turn around and let you know how our services work and from there we're able to turn around and ask you for videos or possibly do some sort of assessment on you um, at that point we assess you whether you we can actually actually sign you to a contract under our name uh, if we feel that you're not at the level where we think you are, um, we turn around and tell you this is what you need to do to get to that level. Uh, at the same time, as we do have teams and other agencies that turn around and work with us, and they simply turn around and take data off of us. And what they're looking for is either players, uh, names of players that we can actually send to them uh, and set up a tryout in, at their facilities, or what we're able to do is work with other agencies and assess their players for them and give them data on their players. Or what we're able to do is if the agency has a contract and they're looking to get a player to fulfill it, uh, our actual like company is able to fulfill it for them sometimes. Uh, how did how did you come up with this idea and like what did you have to do to like get it to reality? I so, know I, I talked to you like a couple about five or four years ago. Before, while you were trying to start this, and yeah. uh, you had like different types of equipment, training equipment, how did that play into like the startup? What would you do at the beginning of the start of this company? Yeah, so essentially, uh, we started about four years ago, okay. and pretty much what it was, it was a project um, at school. So I was in business school, and the way it worked was um, there was a project that we had to finance out and show that we're, what it would take to start up a company. And at that point, um, my professor looked at the numbers and thought it was quite phenomenal, uh, the return of what we'd be able to make. Yeah. Um, and she asked me, what, what, what would I do? What was, it, what, what was my dream, essentially, at the time? And it was to become a lawyer. Yeah. Um, but once she turned around and proposed that I should try doing this, I thought, you know what, let me give this a try. So you're in business school, but you still wanted to be a lawyer? Yeah, well, because I have to, you have to do four years of undergrad, then from there apply to go to law school. So it was just like a class you just... Yeah, it was a class. Like a... It was for fun. It was not even like something I thought about. Um, and then essentially the actual um, like 
the property behind it that we actually worked a lot on was the actual assessment aspect of it. So we started off with soccer and we bought all this equipment that was able to assess soccer players. Okay. Um, and what we were able to do is turn around and put them through this testing. That testing would tell us whether that player has the potential of being at that level or possibly moving up to a higher level and being within their age group. So that was really cool because we tested players in Canada, U.S., and then we ended up going over to England to test out some players to do our market research. Um, and that's what really gave us the result of it's almost we're comparing apples to apples, right? We're putting players through a standardized test um, where they're in their own facilities. They're like they're in their own turf, uh, but we're able to actually notice that once they're able to be on an even playing field, how good do they actually rank? Uh, compared to the age group and the position that they play. And that's what really put us on that like horizon where companies started noticing that, hey, you know what, that data, data is really valuable. Um, and from there, we started off with soccer. We did well. We expanded. Um, now we do mostly almost all sports. Uh, we do basketball, hockey. Um, we bought out another company. We bought out a video, a video like a video analysis company that does video analysis. Um, we we bought out a company that actually does like video shooting, uh, and then we interpret them into our what we're doing. Um, and then we also turned around and started in Canada. Uh, we offer financing so to students that are looking to possibly go to university. Uh, that can't pay for university, we're actually able to pay for their university for them and then offer them uh, a loan through us. Oh, wow. Um, so you're just expanding and expanding, man. Yeah, That's we're crazy. We're expanding in different ways now. So, like, I want to go back to the soccer thing again. Yeah. How is that? Is it, like, sort of like how, like, a soccer tryout was, like, for high school or, like, a, a try, like a... It's a little bit more intense because um, we use uh, mostly state-of-the-art technology. Uh, to collect our data. So, for example, we use lasers, uh, for example, to measure the distance of how much a player can run and how fast they can run. Um, we do a lot of psychological things uh, to under have players understand their mindsets during the game and their decision-making. Um, there's also a practical test, but also a written test that they need to do. A written test. Yeah. Huh. So it's not it's just... It's crazy. Yeah. So it's not just... Where you're a good player, but you're also you, you want to still understand the yeah. game. And you have to understand the game. That's we, the point of it. We want to under as a company and as a company that's going to hopefully market you as a player. Uh, we want to understand your mindset, yes. um, and that's one of the reasons why it really differentiated us in this uh, sector. I would say is because we're able to have a higher success rate um, in like marketing players to certain teams. And turning around and having a good response back, good feedback from the actual coaches from that team, uh, telling us, listen, the player that you sent us fits in very well with our team. Um, like at that point, when you have a good match like that, it's phenomenal. Because yeah, I understand why you would do that. Because I mean, just because a video doesn't always show how a player would fit into a team. I mean, you can be skillful, have a good shot, but Exactly. Be, you need that, like, to know the mind, to know this, what... Let me put it this way. To how to integrate it to a team. So one of the key things is everyone that puts out a video will never put out a bad video about themselves. Yes. Um, you'll never go to a party and try to turn around and talk to a girl and tell her all your bad, all the bad things about you. Yeah. Uh, you'll simply turn around and say all the good stuff. So essentially that's what a video is. It's everything that you've done good, but in front of that person, right? Now, imagine receiving a video, right? You receive a video, you look at it, you're like, oh, wow, this player does, has done very good. Yes. But now, key thing is, you're not able to turn around and interpret this player into your team. Yeah. Because you don't understand where this player's level is at. You don't understand where this player, let's say, for example, the people that are in front of him on the field, what's the ranking of that team? There's a lot of how do I say this, variables yeah. in that They sense. go into what makes this player, how, how to work him into like a certain team yeah. or like a certain position or yeah. what or what, like what position favors him. Exactly. So the way it works is with us is we've tested out the players that come to us and then we've also done a test on the players that are on that team that we're sending players to. 
And essentially, there's a bar, right? It's almost like think about this way: when you write the bar exam, or when you want to go to medical school and you have to write the MCAT, but to go to certain schools, they have like an MCAT score that's this yeah. high, and then certain schools that when you want to go to law school, they have a certain score that you have to beat like this. You have to be at their level. Exactly. So for us, the teams that we send to, they kind of have that score. So essentially, that score is what we assess players based off before sending them to that club. Um, at that point, if they beat that, that's when we know that they're possibly willing, they're good enough to go to this club. At the same time, as the coach knows that, hey, you know what? This player seems like he's done pretty well to be over our bar, but at the same time, as compared to the guy that we have on the team now, uh, he runs this much faster, he does this much better. Um, there's certain stats of individuals that they have that we've given to them. So they're able to compare on a one-to-one basis with the players that they have. And what that does is that turns around and doesn't waste the coach's time from turning around saying, you know what? We're going to try him in this position. We'll try him in this. Well, we'll try him into this position, but we'll invite him out. We'll try him out for a week. Um, and that all costs a lot of money for yes. player, the player time, themselves and, and the, like the coaches and at the same time, the parents of that player. So essentially what that does is for the parents and the coaches, it saves them a lot of time and a lot of money. Um, and what it does is it gives that coaches a, a proper assessment and no bias. And it's all based off stats. Um, and that's how the coach is able to assess their players. But you think it's always about stats? You think sometimes – is it sometimes like where the stats didn't work or like a player so, exceeded what the stats said? Or is it always the stats are always right in your case of how you're building those stats? Well, let me put it to you this way. The stats are a benchmark, okay? As the player of – let's say, for instance, when he goes there and goes through a trial – That's on the player, right? The player will always need a tryout, but the stats are a benchmark to get them to that tryout, right? Um, you will never look at the stats as being a final decision maker um, because at the end of the day, every coach wants to see that player in front of them and wants to see them play. It's, uh, the stats are used as a, another tool. To, to uh, gauge how well they are. Exactly. Yeah, and then the way you related it to how the MCAT is. I mean, the MCAT, you can take it, get into med, med school, but you still have to perform in med school to get that degree. So I understand exactly. how I understand how you've set it up so that it works that way. And you still need an interview. So yes. think about it this way. Um, if you really want to look at it, the, process, the, the process of things, um, at the end of the day, you might have the best marks. But when you go to that interview and you don't perform well at that interview, then that school might not take you as yeah. a, like a medical student. Uh, the same way works for the actual, um, like what we you do. You have like an off day. Right? Uh, yeah, so. so let's say, for example, you turn around and you get the best as like best score with us uh, on our testing, and then you turn around and you have a phenomenal like CV and everything looks great. Well, when you actually go for your actual tryout or your trial uh, and you just perform terribly, it's just one of those things. Yeah. Um, Essentially, our goal is to get you the opportunities of where you want to go, right? That's our goal. Some options. Open up doors for you. So it's all about opening up doors. You just have to do what's yeah. what your task, which is performing on the field. Exactly. Um, another thing is uh, I just want to know, like, different types of teams, any notable names that you guys have worked with, any teams that, like, players that signed with any yeah, big teams. Yeah, so – Uh, one of our first players uh, turned around and went to Spain okay. uh, and played for Real Madrid's Feeder Academy, which was huge. Uh, we actually signed another player that actually was out of Miami that actually played in Spain too. Uh, and then he played for Alco Bendez. Uh, it's a lower, it's a, how do I say this? Like one division lower, lower. tier, yeah, or division. Yeah. Um, last uh, transfer window in the summer, we signed a $6 million player that played Um, so he was originally, his, call, his name is Ramadan Sotri, and he turned around and he actually um, played in Egypt, and then he actually, we actually helped sign him in England, uh, or how do I say this, Stoke City, which is phenomenal. Stoke no. City? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so it's one of the top, so he played really Premier League team. Yeah. Wow. So essentially, uh, when we recruited that player, um, Ramadan Sotri, Uh, we weren't the only party. Uh, there was actually two other parties that were involved. Uh, but at the same time, as we were very fortunate enough to be a part of that deal. Um, it was 
phenomenal. It is great. Uh, it's one of those things where we know we have the capabilities of and the connections to possibly take any player up to that next level uh, based off of our system, based off the connections that we have. And it's simply turning around and pretty, like obviously finding great players and helping them connect to people that can help get them there. And that's what pretty, pretty much what we're doing. So uh, Ramadan Subhi and then with Stoke City, any other any other success story that you um, want to share? So there's Kumbir Basra that went and played for uh, that academy that I told you about, um, Real Madrid's Feeder Academy, which is phenomenal. Uh, and that kid's straight from North America, which is huge. So small things like that, small players that come up and go up to these bigger teams, our goal is to help give them exposure. Right, um, it's simply helping them get to that next step. Uh, whether they get there, uh, that's on them, right? Now you got to remember, there's a lot of players that already play for professional teams, um, and it's just simply turning around and trying to move them around, and simply working with their agents or with them themselves uh, and help move them around and get them to where they want to be, right? So it started out as like recruiting amateur players, because yep. now it's about professionals sometimes. Yep. Yep. Trying to get them to, or like free agents, trying so to get them to. We actually, home. there's, um, we do more professional players now, wow. essentially. Um, our goal is obviously to work with more amateurs because uh, at the same time as there's more you potential wanna, for them. Yeah. But at the same time as we have about 120 players that are up for trade right now during the transfer season. So it's the, they're a free agent. What do you mean by they're not, trade? They're, not, they're signed by you. They're signed by us, but they're free from their teams. So they oh. don't have any... Uh, so at the end of the day, there's no buyout fees. There's no um, anything like that. So there. So how much would like a, let's say a team comes in and approaches you guys? What's how do you how do you value the player? How how do you set the price for him? Or do they just have to buy out his contract? So if they're already playing for a team, sometimes they have to buy out the contract, and then at the same time is the salary that they're offering him. Uh, that's how it's negotiated. Um, at the same time, if they're if they're already a free player, they have no team. Uh, it's simply the buyout of what they're worth, right? Um, what they're going to be able to offer him. So at the end of the day, it's we value uh, what's like we're able to turn around and say, listen, this player does this, 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 this. This is what it looks like. This is his video footage. Um, this is his CV. This is playing history, um, experience-wise, uh, performance. Uh, that all plays a part in coming up with the value of this player, right? Um, and then essentially what we want to do is we want to turn around and give that player as much value as possible and get him as much money as possible uh, during his contract so that way we're able to turn around and have hopefully he'll be satisfied and get signed and get signed yes so like you know, we talked before we started recording this about development and how like in Europe, Players are developed at a much earlier age, allowing them yeah, so, to be exposed to different mm-hmm. training methods and to be improve to improve. Yep. Rather than here, it's more of like out of high school, and there's less time to develop. So, what do you? What's your view on that? What so, do you think can be there's improved? two. Okay, so there's two parts to this, right? So, if you're looking at it as a North American perspective versus a European perspective. Um, in Europe, they recruit them at such a, such a young age, at like the age of 12, 13. Uh, they're recruited to some of these big teams, right? And they're playing for their academies. Um, and at that age, you're really being exposed to high-end football, right? Uh, which is soccer, essentially. Um, now, if you turn around to players over here, is they're going through uh, high school, possibly going to Travel like team. they're going to college or university. And at that point, once they're in the college and university, um, if they're playing Division One, at that point there can be they can go part to the draft and be signed, right? But now, if you're going through the system in Europe, you're going at the age of 13, possibly 12 years old, uh, and you're being you're playing for this academy, and then you're going to possibly a private school that's somehow linked with this academy or a school that's linked to them, and your football is really what you're focusing on yeah. and your schooling is coming second, right? Um, now, personally, I believe the system that we have in North America is a much better system in the form of, uh, form of individual development. So as a human and as an individual, 
you're being, you're not, you have a backup plan, right? If your soccer career or your football career doesn't take off, you still have education, which is really uh, useful for you. But then again, uh, maybe you're not being developed to your full potential. That could be that's the, the thing, way. right? Um, a player that's also in Europe, um, the thing is if his football career doesn't take off or his soccer career doesn't take off, at that point, they don't have the background knowledge and they don't have the schooling to fall back on. Because by the age of 18 years old, they're signing to a professional team and they're part of, they're playing professionally. Um, and if they don't get signed, well, they've focused most of their years on playing football and now they have to backtrack to kind of turn around either up their marks or possibly enroll into a community college thing here or college um, and hopefully be able to get the marks to go up to a university. Um, so there's two ways to look at it, right? Europe produces better footballers is because obviously the nation itself um I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, if you, you, it's you've their been main to England, sport, right? Uh, everywhere there's soccer stadiums, and yeah, so many divisions. I mean, you exactly. look here in terms of like football, the American football, yeah, you only got 32 teams, but you go to England, completely like a smaller nation, but there's like many, many divisions. Yeah. Every team has their own stadium, so it's in their blood, and yep. they have to develop it, really. Exactly, it's, it's really one of those things where, um, it's there's a big difference, but at the same time, as you're like how do I say this? European football has been around for years, um, and like North America is simply just scri- like scraping the surface with it. But at the same time, as it's really developing at a quick, rapid pace over here, where they're bringing over quite a few players that are like big names, and they're really attracting a lot of media attention and a lot of um, potential people that are getting interested in it. So that being said, um, on a recruitment point of view, I really think that when it comes to recruiting uh, in two different nations um, and being on a whole global spectrum, what's really useful for us is we're able to turn around and compare apples to apples, right? Uh, our company is able to turn around and say, okay, well, you know what? You're looking for a player that's all the way out in Europe to come play for your team and your North American team. Well, we're able to do that for you. And we're able to turn around and show you what players you have here. And we're able to show you the players that we're able to bring from Europe and simply just compare stats, um, raw numbers, and put it out there for them, right? Now, if there's another company that would do this, they would simply just turn around and send them the player. The player would go there for on trial for two weeks, and there's a possibility that that player might be spending a ton of money and be wasting a lot of people's time, right? Uh, with us, it's the simple fact that you'll kind of make a decision whether you want that player to come or not based off the numbers. If that player is coming, there's a good 78% chance that that player is capable of being on your team. Then um, that's our success rate. So, so um, in terms of like what you're doing now, what what is I know you've ventured into other types of. So things. yeah, so one of the key things is now that like I've been able to do this for so many years. Um, like so many years, I mean, four years. Yeah. But at the same time as... I mean, I'm, but you had hair back then, so yeah. it's been many, plenty of That's years. true. I used to have a lot of hair. I used to have, like, long, curly hair. I if know. you go on PursueSports.com, <laughs> is it PursueSports.com? Yep, exactly. You'll see him with his hair, but now he's lost all his hair. <laughs> yep. Now I'm, I'm just pretty sure he, he's, kept, he's kept that video there because he wants to look at the past and just... Be I happy, be happy. Video. <laughs> I used to look at that video. I was like, that's one of the days that I started out. No. But the way it works is um, now. Started from hair, now we're bald. <laughs> now we're bald. If they told me this four years ago that you might lose your hair being in business, I would have been like, nah, let's do law. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, but, might, I don't know, you may not be alive now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Knowing the way that <laughs> lawyers go these days, yeah. But no, pretty much the way, so what I do now is I work at Pursue Sports. I am the CEO still there, and I still turn around now, part of the bigger deals. Uh, and I'm really a part of the expansion. Uh, my vision for expansion has really been prominent. Uh, but at the same time is I've ventured out and started doing a few other things. So I'm an investor in one of the apps that I just told you about. Um, I'm very and, interested. Yeah. I want to be part of it. And uh, hopefully you are. And the app's called Eigen. So, but it's probably only in Canada now. You know. Well, it should be expanding out to the states. So, yes. 
I know it's on the App Store right now, so it's one of those things where I know it's... I have to talk to the developer to see what I believe it was supposed to be in the States, but I have to just double-check for you. So go, can you like tell us a little bit more about that? That app? Yeah. So essentially, it's like Uber, and the way it works is instead of you picking up strangers, uh, you're able to wrap your car and put ads on them, and pretty much you'll get paid to drive around in certain areas. Um, and as a company... Uh, you're able to turn around and advertise in certain areas, but at the same time, if that driver doesn't drive in that area, uh, you're able to get free advertisement. And that's the benefit from being there. And the best part is, as a company, is you're able to get analytics off of where you're, where that driver is driving and how many people are actually seeing it in the time of day. Um, and this all generates through our app, right? And the best part is you're able to turn around and understand your conversion rates. Uh, meanwhile, if you just have it on a billboard or you have it on the side of a bus, <coughs> sorry, uh, you're just paying for the month, right? Our philosophy is we want to make advertising cheaper, but at the same time is we want to give you more information. Uh, one of the key things that intrigued me about this company is the information they're able to give um, on actual like advertisements that are not web-based or electronical-based ads. Um, these are very much raw ads that are like right in front of you that are actual physical ads that you can see, but at the same time, the data that they're collecting is coming straight from an application that the user is putting on. So the good part is um, we're targeting students that are at universities uh, because they're the ones that mostly drive around a lot, and at the same time, is they're the ones turning around well, yeah, well, they're the phone. <laughs> yeah. But they're the ones that are turning around, driving the most, and they're the ones that are absolutely able to. Um, they want. So they're the ones that are driving the most, but they're also the ones that are looking for that extra money. So right? is it based on like driving time? Let's say like a student parks. Is it is it the time at that location that you want them to be advertising? It's driving time. Driving time. So it's try. It's exactly like Uber. It's where you're so it's just time. about driving. Yeah, it's about driving. It's not a, so you can't just go into that area and park your chill. car there and uh, chill. So you're yeah. just you get paid on driving in the area with with the ad on there. Yeah. And and you get your car like they print your car without any charge to you, or they'll pay you initially to yeah. just put the print on the car. Yeah. So we'll though. So the way it works is the company themselves actually pays for the wrapping, uh, to the wrapping of the car. And uh, that's that's how it works, right? Now, certain users are able to turn around, and if they want their car wrapped uh, with our logos to actually promote what we do, uh, there is a small fee, but we we subsidize a lot of the actual costs. So there's that's the really good the good part. So at, at the end of the day, uh, we're really um, excited about this, and we believe that it's much safer for individuals that are thinking of possibly making some extra money on the side. Uh, it's another way. Exactly. It's another way. And the same time, it pays for your gas. That's okay. the best part, right? Pays for your gas. And I mean, if you're in that area, I mean, like if you go to school like three or four times a, day, a week. Yeah. And you're driving past that area. Yeah. Well, guess what? You're getting that, paid. You're getting paid to drive just past that area, right? Uh, and the cool part is once our like our actual team that sits down with the company that sent themselves and does the marketing for them, uh, they really essentially tell them, okay, this is where – all our drivers are driving and what area do you want to start picking in? And that team turns around and tells them, oh, well, this driver drives in this area the most and they might turn around and pick your car. So it's not like you're going to be driving out of your way to possibly make money. It's that person's picking your car because you're simply the person that drives in that area the most or the second most. And it kind of goes based off that. Uh-huh. So it's never, we're never picking drivers. Let's say for instance, that will have to drive out of their way. Um, it's always the way that you drive, your standard driving road, like whatever roads you use to get to school or like to go to work. Those are the same ways that you'll keep taking. And it's not meant to alter your driving pattern. It's just meant to add, give you more money. Give you a way to yeah, make profit more, or yeah. make money. Um, and you're a consultant now? Consult- yeah, so um, that's actually funny. So I became a consultant uh, pretty much by accident. Um Never really thought about it. Didn't really think about like, by the way, you know what? I'm gonna wake up today and I'm gonna do consulting. Yeah, yeah it didn't happen like that at all. Um, I had some friends 
and pretty much they had some businesses and I gave them some advice and from there their businesses grew I mean they so one of my friends uh, he's how do I say he does tiling and he turns around and he expanded his business to the states and uh, over the years I always give him like little bits and pieces of advice and really what happened was at one point when he actually turned around and he's like to me he's like listen I want to pay you for your advice because what you're telling me what you've been doing with me over these years uh, has really been valuable uh, to me to my growth and what I'm doing uh, he's like I want to have you on my team I want to make sure that I can like pay you for it just for a simple thank you and you know the story that goes well you can't really say no to money nope. so I was just like oh well why not right <laughs> And uh, at that point, I just turned around and said yes. And at that point, there was another company that I ended up uh, working with, and I'm still working with them now. And I gave them some free consulting advice, and they really liked it. And I pretty much, how do I say this, turned around and gave them a plan before I even did anything. And they really liked the plan so much that they couldn't see hiring anyone else to do it. Um, I just thought I would give them this plan. It was just, for me, it was more of a, I like learning new things. I like turning around and being into new different like ideas, different things, and being able to turn around and say, hey, this is new. I want to figure out the ways of like playing the angles, figure out like how things work, all this. Uh, well, with them, it was simply turning around and I put the plan together for them and how to everything, how everything should work, uh, the type of person they should hire, all this. Well, apparently they thought I was probably the best person to hire for this. And they really enjoyed me and they wanted me to execute the plan. So they turned around and they're like, what would it take for us to hire you on board and have you execute this plan for us? Um, I was like, you know what? Well, what are you throwing at me? They're like two goats and a chicken. <laughs> I'm just joking. <laughs> no, I'll, take, I'll take a goat, man. <laughs> Take a chicken and you know what? They'll have a farm, man. It's not bad. You know what? I almost started my own <laughs> No, but they, they threw some really good numbers at me and they uh, really turned around and um, hired me on board and I couldn't say no to the numbers. So I turned around and said, why not? So I do that now. And then uh, I, I do help quite a few people that have, um, I want to say, ideas and uh, like aspirations to possibly start a business, grow a business, um, all this. And my essential thing that I believe in is I really needed help when I first started my business. And everyone that turned around and helped me out uh, played a huge part in me getting to where I am. So this is kind of like me turning around and giving back, right? Uh, because I, when I first turn around and always give consulting advice, it's just, it's just one of those things where I just talk to them, I test out their ideas, I test out their business ideas, and I just turn around and tell them what I think, right? Yeah. Um, I've just uh, Sometimes, sorry to cut you yeah. off, but sometimes, like, just talking about something or going over it, it just helps because it just you put everything, your ideas all out there up for discussion. And yeah. in my opinion, when, you, when you're discussing something, there's always going to be something good about it. Like, you're always going to maybe, oh, like, somebody will notice, oh, no, no, that's not, you shouldn't go that way try this and you're like oh you think about it like oh yeah maybe i'll try it like that yep that's why i think and i've this is i'm going to try to start this and i asked you and you're like oh do different types don't do different types of things don't venture out i like discussing this i like and i think what you're doing is pretty amazing mm -hmm. so um and i mean when you said you started the way you started i remember you uh and in this basement, yeah, where you had all your equipment, yeah, and you're like, man, I could have bought a new car, yeah, but you're like, you know what, I'm gonna go with this, and and I'm like, at first I had my doubts, man, but once you launched that website, I'm like, no, this guy is gonna be able to do something. This guy yeah. is gonna is gonna make something happen. Thank you, because yeah. Because you just didn't, you didn't like, because some people like, maybe somebody had that idea before you, but they didn't execute it. You went out there, you looked looked at the details, you looked at the numbers, you looked, you looked at what you needed to do, and you executed it. 
It's all and, about execution, my friend. And that's, that's, that's powerful. And now that you're helping people to get where they want is yeah. amazing. It's all about helping people at the end of the day. It's, um, I mean, even back to my core business, it's, uh, we're essentially helping people get to where they want to get to. Uh, and what I'm doing with consulting is too, is I'm also turning on helping people get to where they want to get to. And the way I look at it is we're all on this earth to get to somewhere, right? And there's individuals that will turn around and put you down and try to put you in a bad place. Well, I don't want to be that individual. I want to be that individual that turns around, gets people to where they want to be. Um, and I'll get them to where they want to be at that point, right? Um, I can't carry everyone, man, uh, but, I, but I'm trying, right? And what, it com- what comes down to it is uh, my two cents of knowledge, if I can give it to you and you can turn around and run with it, get to, and then from there you can get some more knowledge along the way from other people, hey, you know what? I still help get you to where you want to be. Um, I might not have all the answers, but I know I've been through so much in my business career at such a young age, um, and I'm able to really relate to a lot of young entrepreneurs and a lot of business individuals um, to the point where I know there's a lot of, like, how do I say this, big consulting firms that are able to turn around and sit down with possibly firms that are possibly making over two, three million dollars a year. Um, that's great at the end of the day, but you have to think about the small guy, right? The small guy, the guy that's just starting out. Um, he has an idea. He has an idea. Well, is it right to charge him right away? Is it right to turn around and say, hey, pay me X amount of dollars for my hours? Well, I was that guy, right? Um, I believe that the people that turned around and helped me and really made my idea possible, uh, they didn't charge me. They simply turned around and they really gave me great advice and really tested my idea out to the point where that's the, re- that's the reason why I am where I am these days. Um, but at the same time is there's also individuals that wanted to charge me for their time and charge me for the things that I want to get done, which um, it was really unfortunate, but I really respected what they were going to say, but I just couldn't afford it. Um, And that's what it comes down to is I want to be that person where I can help people out and I can give them my two cents of advice. And I'm lucky enough where the people that I've given my two cents of advice to I've turned around and said, you know what? We want this. We want to work with this guy. This guy has given us true advice, his honest opinion. And at the same time is it's straight up advice. I'm not turning around and trying to BS you, trying to uh, turn around and like try to cut corners and give you the, the, how do you say this? The the nice way of putting it down. I'm a very straightforward person. Uh, Even with you, when you're telling me about your podcast, I turned around and asked you like, I don't know, a million questions. Yeah. Right. And I really tested out what you're thinking um, for the simple reason why is I like to make people think. Right. I like to put people in that zone where, you know what, give them some sort of perspective. Exactly. Give them a different perspective. Test their idea. See what they're thinking. Uh, right. If I can add something and I will add it in um, if they like it, though, they like it. Right. If they don't like it. Great. They don't like it. At least that. at least you offer something. Exactly. Which is, just because they don't like it doesn't mean that. It wasn't a good advice, but it's just it maybe, didn't, maybe, it didn't. maybe they maybe they'll alter something. Well, that's the way it might not if they might alter something or it might just turn around. That wasn't in their plan of doing things, right? Yeah. Because every individual has a plan, right? When they go to business, you just can't go into business without a plan. Um, I mean, if you do, that, I'm very very. Hopefully, you don't spend a lot of money doing that because um, you want a plan. Essentially, you want to get to your certain milestones of what you're trying to achieve. Um, and that milestone that you want to achieve, um, you should probably have a budget for it. Because uh, at the end of the day, you don't want to turn around and just run with money and spend money and not get anywhere. So that's what I believe is putting a plan together, um, having an idea of where you want to go with things will help you in the long run and will actually keep you organized and on track of where you want to be. So, like, let's say, like, a young entrepreneur, what would your advice be to them? Without, let's say, they don't have the help. Let's say they just have, what, what, like, a, like a sentence or, like, a, what would you have to say? So, for a young entrepreneur that has an idea, number one thing is, I would tell them, 
figure out how you're able to turn around and get as much exposure as possible. Um, the more exposure, especially these days, getting exposure is so easy. Um, you're able to turn around and utilize like social media sites. Uh, you're able to turn around and uh, put your name out there, get in front of newscasts, do podcasts like this. Um, simply be on the internet um, is exposure in itself. Right? Taking taking advantage of what's what's in front Ex of you. Taking advantage of what's in front of you, but at the same time is understanding how the people that you're going to be around will be able to grow your market and grow your influence, right? Um, for example, if right now there's an entrepreneur that wanted to turn around and start his own pizza shop and start selling, like start like baking pizzas and doing all this. Well, for example, if he turned around and I want to say hung out with a guy with a mechanic, well, guess what? Like, realistically, the mechanic is not going to turn around and, like, be able to grow his business. To an extent, he could if they sold pizzas at the actual uh, mechanic. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, is he's not going to be able to grow his business, right? Um, now, if that pizza guy turned around and said, you know what? I'm going to hang out with, well, let's say, a guy that owns a bunch of, let's say, plazas, right? And I have the money to turn around and expand into each different plaza, and this guy giving me a better rate. That could be a way that you can expand. Um, if, let's say, for instance, he wants to add more products to what he's doing, right? He wants to turn around and supply Coke, right? And he has a friend that turns around and sells um, pop, or sorry, US, they don't call it pop, they call it Pepsi. Yeah. If they turn on and sell a Pepsi, this video, um, this podcast is sponsored by Pepsi, by the way. Uh, oh, really? Oh, yeah, geez, man. where's my Pepsi? <laughs> it's okay, man. You just gotta say it. <laughs> I just gotta say it. Yeah. And then I'll come. And then it'll and come. It's, so. in, it's in the fridge. Though. It's in the fridge. <laughs> you gotta keep it cold, man. Just to get to uh, That's true. But that's like being in the right network with the right people uh, really, really does help. Um, I was fortunate enough where I was very much uh, able to work with the right people that introduced me to more people and those people introduced me to more people. Um, and that's one of the reasons why on my LinkedIn, um, I'm a really, like I have a really strong base of individuals that are from North America and from Europe um, that have been really key individuals and in, like doing business with. Uh, that I've really expanded my business from like working with um, possibly individuals from Team Canada to university individuals to, to club team individuals. Um, they've all turned around and somehow added value to that. And um, I'm really grateful because you'll be surprised when you ask for help, how many people will actually turn around and possibly help you out. Um, one of the key things that I once read actually was if you don't actually ask the question, you will, oh, the answer is always no. So you should always ask a question. Uh, and at that point, um, the answer, the worst case scenario, the answer will be no. Best case kind of scenario, you get something. You get something out of them, right? Um, in terms of like, I, I don't want to venture off too much, but it's one last thing in terms of like an idea. Yeah. When do you think an idea should go into effect? Like, should every instead idea. of being in your head, go into paper or go... Every idea that is in your head should go into paper. The reason why, if you're able to put it down on paper, you're able to test it. If you're able to test it and think about it on paper and add more things to it, you might be able to make it a reality. Because this is the way it works, right? We all have ideas. We all have aspirations. We all have dreams of making it big. All right? The individuals that are able to turn around and put it on paper are the individuals that really tested their ideas. An idea is as, just as good as saying a sentence, right? Um, you can turn around and say a sentence, but you can never really build a paragraph if you don't write it down, right? Um, turning around and putting an idea on paper and start putting out just small bullet points or bubbles of what things you can do or putting it into a model, right, uh, or a business plan, um, the way it works is the minute you have it on there, you're able to add things to it. The minute you're able to add things to it, 
it starts becoming alive, right? You're able to say, okay, well, this is not going to work. Let's try this. Well, when you tried this, this worked fine. Everyone said it's great. When you start telling people about it, they'll give you feedback. You write down that feedback. Uh, it's a back and forth thing, right? Um, so once you're able to do that, that's when your idea starts becoming realistic. Uh, no one once turned around and just ever said, I have an idea. And just the next day, everything happened. Uh, it's a process. You work over time. It takes months, years uh, to get things going. Um, it's not one of those things that just happens. It's You have to take the right steps to actually putting it together for it to actually happen. right? You have to have other people review it. As an entrepreneur, um, I was so scared to tell people my idea right off the bat because I thought they would steal it from me. That's probably one of the worst things I can do. But I later on learned that's probably the best thing to do is tell people about your idea. Any, anybody. Anyone. You think anyone. Anyone. The reason why, because at the end of the day, you, if they're going to take your idea from them, from you, they might not even execute it as good as you do. You have to believe that you will you will know how to execute it. Right? You have to believe in yourself. See, if, you're scared, uh, if you're scared that someone's going to take your idea, well, guess what? That means... You're not you, confident. You're not you're confident gonna... enough in your idea, knowing that you're gonna do it. But if you're confident enough in your idea, and you know you can execute better than that person, you will always come on top. Execution and being persistent is what it takes. Um, now, don't get me wrong. Being persistent in the sense of the idea is just absolute shit, and you're spending money to try to get it to where it wants to be. There's a point where you should stop. You should probably just cut your losses and go home. But at the same time, being persistent in the sense of um, always testing it and always asking people for help and turning around and trying to move forward with it. Trying yes. to improve it. Yes. Trying to, yeah. See, one of my ideas was uh, an app. Yeah, you had an app idea. An app idea. Did I tell you about that? No, you never told me about no. this. Let's hear this. It's relating to shoes. Shoes. Okay. And social media. Okay. I put it on paper, but I started researching it. See, what, what my idea was is putting shoes, shoe selling, and social media all in one platform. So but, shoe selling So you, you know about like Yeezys and all the yeah. hype around that. My idea was having something like an Instagram mm -hmm. just for shoes. And instead, you can like the page, but you can also you see, you can like the picture of the shoes. But you can also purchase the shoes right on the app. Okay. But I looked into different there's plenty of apps on there and I think I started looking and researching and I think that it's really everybody people have thought of that. So I've kind of paused on that idea right now but uh I'll resume it later but I don't know if it's if I'm on the right path. Well, okay, so this is the way it works, right? So you're essentially taking so if the use okay, let's put it Let's break it down. So you're saying it's social media, right? Yes. What's the social aspect of it? So you're just, instead of sharing, like, let's say, oh, you're at the beach, you share the picture of you at the beach. You're sharing your shoe collection. You're sharing your Yeezys. Sharing okay. your Jordans. Like, you're sharing, like, okay, let's say you have Jordan, nice pair so of right Jordans. So right now, I got, okay, I got a question for you. Go ahead. You're sharing, right? But essentially, you can go on the actual company's website and share it to Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, whatever you want to share it to, you can share it to. But you can't buy it that, at that moment. No, but you can go to another page and buy it. Not necessarily. It can't be. It's not, it's so not, right now, it's let's not say, like a new shoe. Or, so let's say, let's say, let me put it to you this way. Let's say right now, I was shopping around, and I decided that, okay, I'm on Adidas' website, and I decided to share the easies, right? You're not going to get the easies. You got to get them on the first hour. I know, but I'm just letting you know. I just shared them. I didn't, I didn't buy them. Yeah. I shared them. You shared them, right? So, so when I shared them, let's say right now you turn it got in front of you. You're able to click that link and go back to the page that I just shared. Correct? I understand what you're trying to do. So why don't you create the technology behind it? Be able to understand and interpret what type of shoe it is, what type of make it is, and then from there. Um, obviously get some sort of commission for purchasing a shoe off that website, right? Um, you're able to turn around and interpret this technology and possibly Facebook, Twitter. So you don't have to reinvent the wheel when it comes to social media. 
can integrate into it. You can integrate into it. That's awesome. But the thing is, that technology piece of like actually turning around and let's say, for instance, purchasing it off their off their social media websites or just clicking it off there, that might be your value. That might be your idea where you're able to turn around and create that um, aspect where the software itself can interpret what shoes it is, what size, all this, all these things, right? It can interpret with the brand, um, what it looks like, the same colors, the same things. It can, you can make the computer as smart as it you want, but you just have to figure out how it's going to work. Um, that's something that you'd have to find an actual very good developer and yeah. trying to build. Um, that's where it comes down to. No, right? you got to find the people. You, you have the idea. Sometimes you may not be able to execute it by yourself, but exactly. you got to have to find the right people exactly. for that idea. So this is what it comes down to, right? You have that idea. You don't have to reinvent the wheel when it comes to social media because the wheel is already invented. You have to figure out how you're going to turn around and create this. Once you've created it, you're able to turn around and interpret that feature into those social media sites. And how do you do that? You throw them either commission, you throw them a different revenue line, you throw them an aspect that their users are able to turn around and say, okay, you know what? I'm able to turn around and purchase this off there. It's worth my while. You get it? Yes, sir. Any last words? My last words is, how do I say this? Thank you so much for giving me this interview. Uh, it's been phenomenal. Anything to do to support you. Um, at the end of the day, it's honestly been a dream to do this. And Have I you ever thought you'd be like doing like a some sort of interview or like a podcast with somebody talking about your success story? No, I do a lot of like interviews and stuff, but I never really look at it as it's surreal. It's honestly surreal every single time. Um, and I'm really thankful to God and everyone that's actually turned around and supported me just for the sole purpose of it's, I would never be here without the, their support, but it's just one of those things where I was able to turn around, get this thing off the ground, work hard, do it. Um, anyone that puts their mind to anything, they can achieve it. It's just how badly do you want it? Right. And that's what it comes down to. It's how badly as an individual do you want something? And I think that's ending off on a positive note is always a great note. Thank you very much, man. Thank you.